Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today, our guest is Heidi Fairchild. Heidi is an advocate coordinator with Sexual Assault Services. Heidi, welcome to Community Focus. Thanks, Ken and Tess. We're so glad that you had us. As you know that um, talking about April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And um, Sexual Assault Services is a 501c3 nonprofit that works with victims, survivors throughout Crowing County and the outer counties. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about all of those services that you provide at Sexual Assault Services. We um, so we do advocacies. We start from if the victim wants us, we start from the onset of the call. Maybe they're at the hospital getting a forensic exam. Um, so they'll call us in. So we will walk beside the victim um, wherever they want us. So through from the hospital all the way through the court, if if it's reported, if it's charged out, all the way through. And oftentimes it'll be years afterwards where we'll walk beside them and provide services. So we do advocacy. We do support groups. We do court work. Um, we work as liaison between the systems. We will also go into the jails um, and talk with inmates if they have an issue with sexual assault um, through the PREA, Prison Rape Elimination Act. And we also do community education. Um, go into well, One of our struggles is getting into schools um, because people don't want us talking to kids about sex, which we're not. It's consent. It's healthy relationships. So that's part of prevention is to talk about healthy relationships and what consent is and what it isn't. So yeah. we do a lot. Yes, it sounds like you do. Um, I was going to ask, uh, first of all, in a normal year, uh, what kind of a caseload you have? And then my question, of course, follow-up was, was the pandemic uh, making this issue worse, or, or did it have no effect, really? Um, it did have an effect. We serve, um, it depends on the year, because victim services ebb and flow. I'm sorry, my dog's in the background. Um, so it ebbs and flows. We serve between 350 to 500 cases a year. Wow. Um, yeah. That's new um, cases. It's not like repeat um, offenses. Oh, my god! So in those, our services are in the thousands. So when you think about the numbers we serve, and when you think about less than 20% of sex crimes are actually reported. Mm-hmm. That's scary. That's a lot. That is That's a lot. very scary. Oh, my. Yeah. So less than 12% of child um, sexual abuse cases are reported, according to statistics. And that is depending, on, yeah, depending on what statistics you look at, um, we're talking 20% are actually reported. And out of those 20% reported, um, out of 1,000 perpetrators um, trickling down, less than six of them will actually serve time or go all the way through charging. Are you kidding me right now? No. Oh my gosh. That is sick. Mm. So here, herein lies the problem. Sorry, Ken. Yeah. Um, People don't want to talk about sexual assault. It's not fun to talk about, but it's a reality. And we all know somebody who's been affected by it. Mm -hmm. All of us do. Yep. Well, when you, um, 
talked about earlier the fact that uh, you have so many cases and some that come from years before. The first thing I thought is these are cases that originally went unreported and later uh, the victim thought, I've got to talk to somebody about this. Could be, yeah. We work with people who report and people who don't report. Um, And then you asked about COVID. Um, One thing we noticed during COVID was people are spending a lot of time isolated. So it's bringing up um, past traumas. So, you know, I get like that, like spending too much time in my own head. Those that know me know that, you know, so you're isolated and alone. So those traumas start to resurface. So we've seen a lot of increase in past sexual assault traumas that are coming to the surface. Wow. So COVID hasn't slowed down um, sexual assault, you know, the same with domestic violence and other crimes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually increased um, our services off and on because it ebbs and flows, um, but also has affected our funding because last year when we were shut down, we couldn't do our April awareness fundraisers. We couldn't do our walk a mile in August. That's right. Yeah, and that's one of our big fundraisers. We have that scheduled for this year on August twenty first. So, okay, let's let's <laughs> yeah. let's roll with yes. that. Good. Yeah, I have walked yeah. in that before. Um, it, it's just uh, the numbers are staggering. I have to say that mm-hmm. uh, because I think this is not only underreported, but it's one of those uh, we don't like to talk to talk about it, and it's kind of hidden. I mean. To have that yeah. many cases right here, and uh, we're both going, wow, what? I can't believe it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah it's, we have to break the silence. And as a society, we have to make it okay to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have our parts to do. I have four granddaughters, and, you know, the 14-year-old had asked me, because um, one of her friends was hurt by somebody, and she's like, why did he admit and he got out of jail? And it was right before I came back to sexual assault services, and she said, Grandma, why can people do these things and not, in her in my words, be held accountable? In her words, it was different. And, you know, I looked at her and I said, we are trying, I said, this grandma's coming back to sexual assault services, and it's always been my passion to make change. But I said, grandma's doing this work and will continue to do this work until the day I leave this earth, because I don't want your grandchildren to ask you the same question. Mm. And that's my fear oh. that we're not pushing, we're not, as a society, changing to talk about this and hold people accountable. That's disturbing. Wow. Heidi, it seems to me from what I've read, too, um, uh, it's a such a traumatic experience. And then the victims, if they do go to court, have to relive this all over again. And that's such a big barrier, isn't it? It is a huge barrier. And that's also one of the reasons people don't report. It's not the only reason, but one of the reasons is, you know, if you're not believed, and then you have to purge all these things that happen to you um and it is a crime that that hits the soul Mm -hmm. so we're you know you're working on healing for a lifetime and that's that's not often looked at um you know we're lucky in crowing county we have a good system but it always needs improvement because you can only do so much you know with laws in the system so the victim is kind of re-victimized throughout the process and especially Not that we're all wonderful, but if you have an advocate walking beside you, we can help explain that process and also be the liaison between, you know, the county attorney's office or law enforcement. 
and it's just it's it's a tough road it's it's kudos to those that report Mm -hmm. um because it's not always easy and it's not easy to talk about and that's one thing as a community and as a society we have to make better it's our jobs to better right and Heidi if someone's listening and this has been an issue with them and they have not reported what do you want them to hear you say that you don't have to do this alone you don't have to report you can come you can call us and um, we will talk with you we will walk beside you it doesn't mean you have to report you don't have to report to get our services and I also really want to stress that our services are free and confidential so you come into our office, um, what is said there stays there. It doesn't, unless you sign a release and you want us to talk to the county attorney or law enforcement, it's confidential. Heidi, do you also work with counseling services uh, here in the Lakes area? Um, we refer out, so they're, you know, for actual counseling because none of us are licensed counselors we've just been you know trained in sexual violence and trauma-informed services and we've been doing this um my our executive director over she's gonna kill me over 30 years and (laughs) myself over 25 um and then we have a part-time one of our full-time has just left our agency so we're short-staffed like usual we were three full-time and one part-time. Now we're two full-time, including our director and a part-time advocate. So, you know, we're always stretched thin, but we love what we do and believe in what we do. Mm-hmm. I also found one of the um, scary statistics that I saw uh, involved the fact that most of the sexual assault uh, the assaults that are reported is usually someone that the victim knows pretty well, actually. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. Um, 90, um, 80 to 90% of the cases um, is somebody that is known to the victim. 34% of child um, sexual abuse, 34% of those are an actual family member, statistically. Um, Actually, I had a sheet here that talks about... um, So the breakdown on locations, um, this is kind of eye-opening, that 55% are at or near the victim's home, 15% um, in a public place, 12% um, at or near a relative's home, um, 10% in an enclosed but public area such as a parking lot or garage, and then 8% on school property. That's um, the national, um, from from RAIN, which is a... They get their statistics, uh, sorry, statistics from the National Crime Victim Survey. Wow. So, <clears throat> people, you know, people talk about stranger danger um, back in when I was in school and my kids were in. But it's educating our children that we don't keep secrets, um, mm-hmm. you know, and a secret is like a surprise that's acceptable is like mom's surprise birthday party or whatever. So if we're asked to keep secrets, there's usually there can be something behind that. Yeah. But people, you know, want to don't want to look at the fact that people that we know can hurt us or our loved ones. Um, you always want to put it out on a stranger. But reality is that it's somebody, you know. More it doesn't mean not. it's somebody right more often than not it doesn't mean somebody you're close to but maybe a family friend maybe you know somebody you've dated it's usually somebody you know yep and we should say too um victims aren't always girls they can be boys as well 
we serve um actually yeah um 91 according to statistics now we have to remember statistics are just those that are reported mm-hmm. um, there's many that aren't so according to statistics 91 percent are female nine percent are male okay. however we work with a lot of male victims um and they there's actually more male victims they just don't come out yeah they're not reported. yeah yeah uh, the education part seems to be uh, a huge component, and uh, it's too bad that you aren't allowed in more schools because, like you say, uh, knowing just about consent. Now, we've just seen this in the courts again, arguing about consent, and hopefully they change this loophole that uh, is in our Minnesota laws. But the bottom line is, talking about that is very important, isn't it? It is. Awareness um, brings about change, right? We have to be aware. If we're not aware of what's going on around us or what can happen, we can't change it. Um, and when we're working with children, it's important that they know, especially before they, you know, as they're getting to be teenagers, what consent is. And it's also important from, you know, young on up what healthy relationships are. Yeah. And it's all prevention, we don't have to go into schools and talk about sex and, you know, the word that makes people cringe, but talking about consent and healthy relationships is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got to lift that taboo side of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We just have to start, you know, we have to start talking about it. We have to break the silence on sex crimes and start talking about it and make it okay for victims to talk about it and make it okay to be out and talk about it because most of us know somebody, if not ourselves, most of us know somebody who is affected by this. Mm-hmm. If you think, I have, I have four granddaughters, so if you think one in four, oh. chances are, chances are one of those and possibly already could have happened to my granddaughter so you know one of those and and statistic wise one in four but actually there probably be a couple of them and that kills me because these statistics um are still underreported so we you know we really don't know the real numbers therefore it's a bigger problem than we even know yeah Mm mm-hmm There have been some high-profile sports figures and others that recently uh, have been charged. And then I'm always amazed because one person starts it, and then all of a sudden there's three or four other uh, victims who step forward. For that same person. But my question is really this. uh, Are some of these cases, um, will they help, again, to just let people know this stuff should be talked about? It should be reported. Yeah, it should be reported. It should be talked about. And sometimes it helps. And sometimes when you get on social media, it kind of, you know, you always have your sideline people who talk about false reporting or, you know, don't believe the victim. But reporting false reports are less than 2%. They're the same as any other crime, you know, Mm -hmm. for sexual sexual assaults. And um, people need to really realize that. And part of how we can help is... By believing victims. Yes. True. You know, mm-hmm. believe. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying that rapist is horrible or the per- person who perpetrated it is a horrible person. But if we start by believing and then send them, you know, to resources such as ours so that they can sit down and talk about it, doesn't mean they have to report. It doesn't mean it has to go anywhere. 
but just let them know that you believe them and and you know that there are resources out there for them absolutely and how do we get a hold of you if if someone's listening and they do want to use your use you as a resource how do we get a hold so of you? we we are on call um 24 7 and you can call our office line which is 218-828-0494 828-0494. Yeah. And uh, you pointed out earlier, certainly if someone reports uh, this as a crime, uh, the law enforcement agency usually contacts you as well? Yeah, they will. They don't always. It depends on which officer is on. And, you know, they will contact us. They don't always because the victim doesn't always understand what we do or, mm-hmm. want, you know, want to bring another person in because it's such a it's such a hard crime to talk about. Yeah. But How- we're here no matter what stage that they're in with their healing, we're here for them. Good to know. If someone would like to help support financially what you do, uh, can we make contributions? Uh, you said earlier you have fundraisers. Um, yes. Um, yes, they can um, always contact us to see how they can donate. We have PayPal um, on our website, sasmn.org, which has just been redone, so we're not complete with it, but you can still get on there and donate hit the donate button. Um, Also, there's other ways other than financial, um, volunteering, um, learning, learning about statistics, um, educate yourself and start talking about it, you know, and knowing what your local resources are to help victims um, is also huge. And just learning what... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask if you have information available for people who, you know, like I'm the mother of an eight-year-old girl. And when Mm -hmm. and how do you start talking to them? You know, do you have those kind of resources where you can walk parents through and just say, hey, this is what you should be doing now to kind of, you know, educate them? Yes, we do. You know, Tess, anybody can give us a call or shoot an email to Mm -hmm. SAS or, you know, go on our we also have Facebook, um, but can call us and say, hey, I need resources. Okay. And it's never too young. We have to start young. Mm-hmm. If you think about, I was thinking the other day about, you know, we've worked with thousands of victims over the years. And I was thinking the youngest that I worked with was a three-year-old. The oldest oh. was in her 80s. So it, it ranges. So it's never too early to start talking about boundaries and prevention and boundaries and um, keeping secrets not keeping secrets Um, we have to start young okay good to know thank you Heidi we're going to run out of time but I do want to remind our listeners again you you mentioned sasmn.org there is that a good place to start for resources and contact information as well yes our our information um, isn't all completely uploaded as far as statistics and stuff but to get a hold of us Yes, it's all there, and to donate. Um, also, the Walk a Mile will be posted on there when you know for August. Um, and I also just wanted to mention quickly that National Crime Victims Week is April 18th through the 24th, so that's for all victims of crime. So watch for that. And also, we have posted statistics downtown Brainerd, um, teal ribbons. Is that and what those were? Yeah. I need. Okay, I yeah. saw that the other day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So read the statistics. We also have packets going out to businesses um, shortly here. I, they're ready. They just okay. have to be distributed. Okay, wonderful. Very Heidi, good. thank you so much for visiting with us today. We really appreciate it. 
thanks. We appreciate you having us on. Um, any questions, just give us a call. We're out there. All right. Thank, thank you, you, Heidi. Heidi Fairchild is the Advocate Coordinator with Sexual Assault Services. Again, more information at sasmn.org, or you can call 828-0494. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs are available anytime on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.